we have a very special treat for you tonight. Um, we have Pastor Chris Kleiner, who is our campus pastor at the Fox Valley campus. He's gonna come and share with us tonight. If you haven't met him before, he came on staff with us this summer. Um, our Fox Valley campus was in huge transition as we were looking for someone to take his role, but they also, of course, were meeting in a school prior to that and had have not been able to go back into the school. They shut that down, of course, with everything with COVID. And he has come in and he has just demonstrated such leadership for, um, for our church family in Fox Valley. And we've just been so blessed to have him as part of the team. Um, and when we talked about tonight and somebody sharing, he said, I'd love to come. I'd love to share. Um, and we're just so excited for you to see what a blessing he is, not just to our Fox Valley community, but um, to all of the Celebration family as well. So would you please welcome Pastor Chris Kleiner. Hey, what's going on, Celebration Church? Man, it's good to be, uh, good to be here. Like Becky said, my, my name is Chris. I am uh, just a few months into this uh, role, but been in ministry for many years. And I just want to, first of all, say thank you for allowing us to just to kind of come alongside all of you and your church family. Big thanks to Pastor Mark uh, for not only giving me an opportunity tonight to, to, to share, but uh, just welcoming uh, my family to the uh, Celebration Network, and I've got my wife here, Teresa, and uh, my, my four kids are all at home. I think I got a picture of my kids, too. We're going to show you here my, my fam. I've got two girls uh, in college, Southeastern University, one that actually just graduated with her undergrad, and then I've got two boys at Little Shoot High School. So we're part of the four and no more club. Anybody with me? You know what I mean? Way back. And uh, so it really is a privilege to share with all of you and uh, the love that we have felt, especially those in the Fox Valley, those that are tuning in online in the, in the Fox Valley, those in Stevens Point and everywhere, here, there, and everywhere around the world. We're so glad that you're tuning in uh, tonight as, as well. And so can we just dive right into God's Word a little bit? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share a little bit, okay? Is there anyone here tonight that uh, might be just, you know, honest with me to say, maybe you've got some trust issues. Come on. Come on, anybody? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we're not gonna do therapy tonight. It's gonna be all good. But we're gonna talk a little bit about, about trust. Now, trust, it's a, it's a small but, but powerful word. You know, it, it, trust works a lot like, like a sandcastle. You know what I mean? It takes a, it takes a long time to build, but it, 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 like in a moment, can be destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, like one wave of, of indiscretion, a, a wave of, 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 of criticism, a, a wave of betrayal. It sort of just can knock out trust. You know what I mean? And I mean, if, if we're honest, we've probably all been, been hurt before. Maybe we've, we've all been, at some level, been, been betrayed at, at times. We've, we've all been, been let down in, in, in some way, shape, or form by the people who, who we love and and the people that, that we care about. Maybe, maybe, it was a, maybe it was a dad for you. Uh, maybe, maybe it was an ex-spouse that, that left. Maybe it was a boss or, a, or someone at work that, that, that hurts you. Or maybe, maybe a best friend. And so moment after moment and experience after experience in life, we can develop these trust issues. At least I can, you know? Maybe simply put, a, a trust issue is... Is, is when I begin to project onto, onto future relationships or, or sort of project onto to future opportunities the pain from my past. 
You ever done that? It's like I, I, become, a, I become a little bit more guarded, that I don't necessarily trust what, what you say or, or, or that your intentions or your motives are pure. Like even though you weren't even part of the pain in, in, my, in my past, I, I sort of project it onto you and, and maybe you would even project it onto me. And if we're honest, sometimes our, our, our trust issues begin to shut down the relationships that matter the most in our lives. And ultimately, and sometimes we even begin to project our trust issues onto, onto the most important relationship of all, a relationship with God. So I'd like to suggest tonight, whether you're tuning in online or you're here in this space, I'd like to, I'd like to suggest that the answer isn't that we shut down. The answer is that we learn to, to redirect our trust. In Proverbs chapter three, it says the, the object of our trust should be God. Maybe you've heard this verse before. It, it says in Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now that's a great message, right? That's a great passage, like I believe that passage, maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, like, like that's a passage that you, 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 it's like, you know, on your coffee mug when you wake up in the morning, right? At my house, it's like a passage we have in our mudroom. It's like a, a family verse for us. We memorize, we've memorized it o- over the years. But if I'm honest, that passage is not always easy to live out. Can we just be real tonight? I mean, there's moments when I struggle to put my full trust in God. And this is the struggle. Like this is the, this is the wrestle that we can have, especially in the year like, like, like 2020. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, man, if you've been a, a church goer or you've been a, a Jesus follower for, for a while, you'd agree with me that, that the object of our trust should be God, right? Like we'd all probably agree with that. But maybe you're here tonight or maybe you're tuning in online. You're like, no, Chris, like that's my problem. (laughs) Like like God is the reason why I have trust issues issues in the first place. You know what I mean? Because maybe you've like cried out to him in the past and you've had some real pain and some some stuff that, that you cried out and it felt like he didn't answer. You ever been there? Like he didn't seem to care. Like he, like he, like he doesn't seem to be, be there. Some of you maybe even wonder if God exists. Now, I would imagine on a first Wednesday, you know, in December, we're coming out in this space, or you're tuning in online for the next, for about an hour and a half. You're giving your time to this moment. You probably, you probably believe that God exists. And if you don't, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here tonight. But if you do, and if we're honest, however, that doesn't always change the fact that you and I don't struggle when God doesn't seem to intervene. You know what I mean? Like, like why does it appear that, like, that God intervenes sometimes and other times he, he doesn't? You know what I mean? Like, like why does it appear that, that God sort of speaks to us and, he, and he, he reassures us in our quiet time or in different seasons of our life and other times he seems completely silent? Like maybe you've, been, maybe you've been asking big questions like that this year. What a crazy year. I know I have, right? So what do we do with all that? 
Like, like, do you feel the tension with that? Those of you who have been following Jesus for a while, am I the only one that kind of have had these moments in my life? Like, what do we do with that? So there's this prophet in the Old Testament who, who actually vocalizes these questions that maybe you and I have never, ever felt like we have permission or been afraid to over our life. And so I want to encourage you tonight just to kind of turn in your Bible or maybe, you know, throw your Bible app on or the, the, the verses will be on the screen as well to a little known book of the Bible, Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter one. Now I know that's a really crazy, crazy name. In fact, let's get it out of our system right now, whether you're sitting on your couch or you're in this space, let's say it on the count of three, Habakkuk, one, two, three. Come on, say it louder, one, two, three. Yeah, I hope you didn't like hawk a loogie on your neighbor there because it, it kind of requires that as you say it. But Habakkuk was a, was a minor prophet who, who lived and, 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 and spoke and, and wrote about 600 years before the life of Jesus. You see, Habakkuk spoke to God on behalf of the people. In fact, if you read through the book of Habakkuk, he was sort of vocalizing the complaints of, of, of the people. Like he was, he was vocalizing some real struggles that, 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 that they were feeling. And, and what Habakkuk says to God uh, in, in the first portion of this book is super raw. It's like super real. I love it. It's, it's like it's, it's unfiltered. And in fact, let's, let's look at it right now. Let's look, he comes right out of the gates in, in, in verses one and two of chapter one. Habakkuk says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? It sounds like he's writing in 2020, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm, I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. So apparently they had Facebook back then, you know what I mean? <laughs> The, he goes on to say, the law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts. The, the wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Now, what I love about this passage, and we're going to read some more a little later on, but what I love about this passage, while it doesn't seem very uplifting, like it's, it's not like, hey, let's start the Christmas season. Yeah, let's do it. It's real. It's raw. It's, it's, it's unfiltered, you know? It's like Habakkuk 2020. Like he, he vocalizes some things that maybe some of us wonder if we're allowed to vocalize as a Jesus follower. And he says, he says God, God, where are you in the midst of this world that seems to have lost its mind? You know, our, our, our passage tonight sort of introduces the question like, what do you do when what you believe about God, or at least what you want to believe about God, and what you see from God, or you see God allow, doesn't line up. What do you do in those moments? Habakkuk teaches us in our passage tonight that, that, that we can tell God what we're really thinking. We can tell God how we're really feeling, no matter how raw it is. Listen, God can handle it right? Like, in fact, he, he invites it. Listen, God, God's pretty secure. 
He can handle it. I mean, if God was like insecure, there's no way he's allowing what Habakkuk just said to him in the pages of a book that's describing who he is for the rest of all time. But God does what? He, he allows it. And in fact, he actually encourages it. So what Habakkuk is doing is he's saying, hey, listen, God, this is what I believe about you, or at least what I want to believe about you. But man, you're not making it easy on me. Because what I see from you and what I see you allowing, they don't seem to line up. So what's Habakkuk doing? He's wrestling with God. Do you see it? In fact, that's, that's, what, the, that's what the name Habakkuk means. It means, to, it means to embrace and wrestle. And you actually do those things simultaneously. You know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a word picture of like two wrestlers that are embracing, and, and, and they're actually embracing as they wrestle. You, you've maybe seen that before. Maybe you've seen it too much for your liking. You're like, no more of that, right? Right? But the picture of this embrace is, it's not like this warm, coochie-coochie, hold your baby embrace, and like, oh, yeah, come and, come and cuddle, honey, right? It's a wrestle, and it's an embrace. And I love that. Right? So what does it look like to embrace and to wrestle? I think, it, I think it looks like the idea that I'm not just gonna blindly pretend that, that, that everything in my life right now is great when it's not, right? Or, or I'm not just gonna go through life and quickly come to the conclusion that God doesn't care or that he doesn't have any power to do anything in the world today. So I'm gonna embrace. I'm gonna wrestle and I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace. Do you feel the tension I'm going I'm to hold on to, to what I believe is true, even though I'm really struggling to believe it. But at the same time, I'm going to hold on to God, even though I'm not very happy with him right now. I'm going to embrace and I'm going to wrestle. Embrace and wrestle. And you know what I think for many of us? We thought when it comes to God when it comes to like following after Jesus, there's like only one of two options, at least for me, you know, how I grew up. You can either, you can either receive him or like reject him, right? So, so what, if you, if you receive him, it means you got to have, you got to like have all your questions answered. It means like all the, all the tough stuff in life has got to get resolved. And, and when that happens, you'll what? You'll, you'll receive him. Or, or it's like, you know, when, when, when you've got all these questions un, unanswered, all this pain in your life, all the, all the, all the questions in, in this world. There's issues that, that won't get resolved. So ultimately, what do we do? I, I guess I got to reject God. Listen, celebration, neither one of those, neither one of those ways is what God calls us into. I'd like to suggest tonight that there's, a, there's another way. There's a middle way. And I'd, I'd like to even say it's the best way. It's embrace and wrestle. It's like, I'm not gonna let go of you, God, but, but I don't under understand you. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I'm not just gonna release you, God, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not very happy with the situation that's going on. And at least what I have found out in my life, it's through the, it's through the wrestling moments that, that God drives me to deeper intimacy with him. You know, deeper trust 
and maybe even stability in my, in my walk with him. You know, for some of us, maybe you've been following Jesus a really long time and maybe you've never, ever felt permission in the moment to question God. Like maybe you grew up in a house where you're like, no way. Or maybe you grew up in a church, whether, whether it's directly or indirectly, they're like, you, you know, God deserves respect and he does. But can I, can I just... Um, can I just maybe help us tonight, maybe get free of some stuff? Can I just say it, it's okay to question God? Um, and I've been learning about um, the Advent season a little bit. And for me, the Christmas season, you know, it's awesome. And we're celebrating, you know, kids come home and it's, it's just this joyous, you know, moment. But what I'm, what I'm learning about the Advent season is that there's actually some angst to it. It's this, it's this waiting period and this longing for, for what should be and could be because we have this angst that, that things are not as they should be, you know? And I would imagine those, those, those people of old question that God, where, where are you, God? You, you know, the promises of God and the Savior that was to come. You're like, God, God, where are you? And the reason I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, 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 that God is okay with this wrestle is that it's all throughout the Bible. Like, look at the life of, 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 of David, you know what I mean? Like, literally, you know, like the book of Psalms over... Over 50 psalms, one-third of the, of the book of psalms are, are written with this idea of, of, of wrestling and embracing God, questioning, God, where, where are you? And, and so many of, of the songs that we listen to, the songs that we, we sing from the platform and, and the songs that we, 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 we listen to from, from our, on our playlists are inspired around this idea of wrestling and embracing God. And you know why I think David, you know, put so much of his, his pain and his, his suffering and his, his, his thoughts to pen, to, to song, is that there's something about music that moves a heart. You know what I mean? There's something about, hey, thanks, man. Let me turn this off. Cool. There, there's something about music that moves a person's soul. And that's why when I'm wrestling with something, you're going to find me with, with music in my ears. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you're going you're to find me actually at the, at the free throw line, at the, at the YMCA, when I'm really wrestling with something, with earphones on, talking to God about it. I know, I'm the weird guy, shooting free throws with earphones on. But there's something about these worship songs that we sing today that, that move your heart. And, and, and I don't know, it's, it's not all like coochie, coochie, coo, everything is awesome, right? There's some, there's some angst to, to, to some of these, these songs. Like, like the battle is real. And what are we going to do in the midst of the battle? We're going to raise a, a hallelujah. And that's not always easy to do. You see, the reason we, we do music and we sing music is not just for performance sake. It's really not. It's in hopes that, that 
your heart would be moved and you could literally wrestle with the pain and the real stuff in your life and begin to embrace who God is in your life. So David, man, we could read about, we could talk about it all night. He takes these real pains and these real stuff. He puts them to song. There's, there's entire books of the Bible, like Lamentations and Jeremiah and Job that deal with this, this wrestle, this, this angst, right? Like, God, God, can, can you be trusted? And if so, like, like uh, why are you allowing all this stuff to happen in my life? Like, you read through the book of Psalms, like in one verse, it's like, like David's like, God, where are you? And like the next verse, he's like, God, you're so close, I can barely breathe. And you're kind of like, David, which one is it? <laughs> and I think if David was here, he'd be like, it's both. It's both. You know what I mean? He's wrestling. It's wrestling the natural, but embracing the, the, the supernatural. It's, it's wrestling with what we, what we see and, and experience in the world around us, but we're, but we're embracing that there's a bigger plan and a bigger God at work around us. It's wrestling that, that in, in the year of 2020, that's just been the year of crazy. It's wrestling with that, but at the same time, attempting to embrace that God has a bigger story at play, Right? Like it's wrestling for me with the fact that, that my mom and dad died at an early age in their, in their early fifties of horrible, rotten sickness while attempting to embrace God in my pain and my confusion. And, and it's attempting to like, like sing songs of worship at their funeral when I'm crying my guts out, saying, God, I don't understand what happened. It's wrestling and, and embracing. Are you with me? Have you ever experienced any of this in life? Have you ever had a wrestle with God moment like, like I have? You see, it's one thing to have a, a season of wrestling. It's, it's another thing to, to have a, a moment of embrace. But what I've been learning in this last season of my life, that it's a whole nother thing when you live your life and you begin to wrestle and embrace at the same time. It's a new way. And it may be a way that some of us could get free even tonight and go deeper in our levels of worship to God. But before we get too far ahead, let's, let's get back to Habakkuk. So what we learned from this story way back in, in chapter one, what we just read is that, you know, God says, Hey, hit me with your best shot, right? Let me have it, vocalize it, you know, share it. I can handle it. Right. But here's the tension in that. That doesn't necessarily mean that what, that what God says back to us is something that we like <laughs> or even, even fully understand. You know what I mean? We see it in verse five of chapter one. Let's read it after Habakkuk lets him have it. He, here's, here's God's reply to him right here. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. And it's, it's at this moment, I'd be like, all right, God, I got your attention. Here we go. It's you and me. Here we go, right? Finally, you're going to come through. Here you go. And here's, here's, here's God's response. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I'd be like, all right, God, tell me. Like, what, what's, what you're going to do? And then here it is in verse six. He says, I'm raising up the Babylonians. Now, if you don't know the Babylonians, they're like the bad dudes. They're the bad guys. They're like the New England Patriots of the day. Cheaters, <laughs> right? Like, like, like no, no good, right? The Bible says a cruel and violent people. They, they will march across the world and conquer other lands. They, they are notorious for their, their cruelty and do whatever they like. 
And I'd be like, that's good news? Come on, God, what? Like, God, I don't think you heard me correctly here. I'm asking for you to come through. I'm asking you to come and rescue. And this is the news that you give, right? God's not done. Check it out. He's got more. Verse nine. He says, on they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. And I don't know about you, but I could think of some, some, some nicer things to say in that moment to bring you comfort. Like God doesn't seem very good at that, does he? So what's he doing here? What's he doing? This is so important for us to understand. Listen, and if you're tuning in online, check, listen, this is it. God, God, God is not sending all this trouble. God's not sending all this trauma and, and, and this, this turmoil. God, God's, God's actually preparing them for it. And that's a big difference. You know what I mean? In other words, God is, God is preparing them for the trouble that they may experience. You ever had some trouble? 2020 trouble, maybe? You know what I mean? Now, Jesus would later come onto the scene and he'd say to us, it's recorded in John chapter 16, he'd say, in this world, you will have trouble. But I want you to be encouraged, he said, I've, I've overcome the world. In other words, he gave us a heads up. He, he promised it. God says, take heart. I've overcome the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem this thing, he says. God says, listen, I've come to redeem the pain that you're going through. Listen, I'm not, I'm not any happier than you are, but I've actually told you how this whole thing is going down, he says. In fact, isn't that the whole point of, of, of the Bible, like, like there's a God and he, he created us out of, out of love and he, and he's, and he's doing something about it, right? Something went terribly wrong and, and, and he, he, he did something about it and, and now he's going to come back and, and, and he's going to fix it all. So he's like, you hold on. But that doesn't mean you don't wrestle, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't struggle in the, in the meantime. So what do we do? What do we do? Do you, do you, do you know what the, the, the word, the biblical word for embrace and, and, and wrestle is? It's worship. That's it. It's worship. In, in fact, we see what Habakkuk's response here is. Even before God comes through for him, like before, before God rescues him, let's look at what Habakkuk does in, in verses 12 and 13 of chapter one. Let's read it together. Oh Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. It's almost like, God, you're not going to wipe us out, right? You, if you ask that question this year, like, God, where are you? You're not wiping us out, are you? Listen, listen to these words of faith before he even has any real reason to believe this whole deal. Listen to it. Oh, Lord, our rock. You have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to, to punish us for our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? You see what he's doing there? He's wrestling with God, but he's also embracing God. 
Like he's vocalizing the very things that he's struggling to believe. And he's saying, I'm going to hold on to you, God. Like you're my rock, even though I don't fully understand how this whole thing plays out. I'm going to choose to trust you. You know what this whole process does? I'll tell you what it's done for me over this last season in my life. It's built, it's built authenticity. Like this whole process produces an authenticity in our worship to God. Like that's what it means to be authentic. It's, it's the real deal. It's not just like this, this pie in the sky and everything's all good, but it's also not this like bitter anger, cynical, there is no God over here. No, what do you do? You embrace and you wrestle and you worship and you sing out and you declare what you're even struggling to believe. Trusting that God is going to produce an authenticity in you and in me that is irresistible to the people around us. And the, the world is, is kind of turned off by fake Christians. You know what I mean? They're like, why, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you like not in touch with the real deal? You know what I mean? Like, why are you not in touch with the, your, your, listen, God has called us to an authenticity in our pursuit with, for him. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, this is painful. And yes, this hurts. And yes, 2020 really sucks. And I don't have very good reasons for all of this, but I'm not just going to throw out hope in the process. I'm going to hold on to God, even when it doesn't seem to make sense. I'm going to trust that he's doing something here through all of this. So God says, why would you just trust me in this? Would you just hold on? I'm doing something. I'm, I'm, I'm at work. God, God says, would you, would you continue to embrace? You can wrestle. It's okay. You know? But put your trust in me. And that's exactly what Habakkuk does. And I love this. We're almost done. In, in chapter three of this little known book of Habakkuk, before Habakkuk fully understands, before God fully comes through, look at his, look at his words. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And you're kind of like, why, Habakkuk? Why? Look what he says. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the, on the heights. And, and what, I, what, I, what I love about this is that what we've already seen in chapter one, Habakkuk got real, he got raw, he got unfiltered. So he's not, he's not pretending that everything's okay. And yet at the same time, what's he doing? He's fighting for joy, isn't he? He's fighting and he's saying, listen, I'm not going to throw in the towel and, and say there's no reason for all this. That in the midst of my struggle, that's when I need God's strength the most. That when life has got me sort of rocked back on the heels, that's when I need to be sure-footed as I can, right? So Habakkuk's response to God, what he's doing there is he's worshiping. He's embracing and he's wrestling and he's, de he's declaring what it is he's struggling to believe. 
In fact, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, God's power is made perfect in your weakness, right? Because that's when we need him the most. So, so God says, you're going to go through a valley. And, and I wish that I could rescue you from every single value, valley. But, but he says, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to walk with you through the valley. And as you go through the valley, man, intimacy gets developed with God when you embrace and you wrestle. You see, every single one of us, we, we've, we're either in or have been in or will be in a valley of some kind. The Bible talks a lot about valleys. In fact, Psalm 23 verse four says, even though I walk through the the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Some of you probably could finish this with me. For you are what? With me. Come on, say it out loud. One, two, three. With me. Maybe two of the most powerful words in, in, in all of scripture. With me. And some of you might be here tonight or you're tuning in online and, and you're like, man, God, I, I just need you to be with me right now. Like maybe, maybe you're feeling a little bit lonely. Maybe 2020 has been the loneliest year of your life. And, and maybe you're feeling a little bit of doubt. Maybe you're feeling anxiety and insecurity and depression. Man, this year has been crazy. I'm right there with you. So maybe together tonight, we can, we can take those wrestle moments and we can allow them to drive us to a deeper place of intimacy with God. Right? Like maybe even thinking all along, I just have to receive it all blindly and pretend everything's okay. Or maybe you're one that's like, I, until it all, it's all figured out, I'm going to reject it. But can I suggest a new way, a better way, maybe to embrace a new worship style? That's to wrestle and embrace. And as we do that, I believe we're going to not only develop a deeper intimacy but our authenticity will be irresistible to the people around us. So I want us to stand to our feet tonight and I want us to do what Habakkuk taught us to do. I want us to sing maybe what we're struggling to believe. And if you're sitting at home, I invite you just to kind of stand in this moment and just be in it with us. Maybe sometimes you see people, you know, standing in church, with their hands lifted high, singing and smiling. And you're, think, you're thinking, man, they got it all together, right? Like they're so holy, look at them, right? Man, can I, can I encourage you, at least for me, that it's like the exact opposite. Like, like when, 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 when does water taste the best? When you're thirsty, right? Like, like when, when, does, when does food satisfy the most? You're hungry. Some of my most powerful moments in worship has been when I've been broken and dealing with pain in my life. And so I just, I want to encourage you tonight. If you feel like lifting your hands and just surrendering to God, it's not a moment of like, hey, I got it all together. It's kind of like when my kids were like learning how to wrestle, how to walk. This was their posture. Like, I think I got this. I'm not sure I got this. But daddy, I'm really glad you're there to help me. Our father's here. He's here.
In fact, he's been with you all year long. In the middle of your 2020, he's with you tonight and he'll continue to be with you.